welcome to a special edition of Opera for Everyone. I am your host today, Pat Wright, on my own. And this is a special edition of Opera for Everyone because we're not going to do a whole opera and we're not doing two hours. This is a one-hour program today dedicated to the overtures of Giacchino Rossini, that great bel canto master. A lot of these may sound familiar to you, or one or two for sure, but we're going to start with one and listen carefully. You may have heard this before. You may have seen it accompanying a Bugs Bunny cartoon. It's very famous for the Barber of Seville, but I promise you I'm not playing the overture to the Barber of Seville right now. I'm playing the overture to a different opera, and we'll discuss all that in just a moment. Sit back and enjoy for the next hour a series of these wonderful Rossini overtures. So it's our great opera composer of the bel canto period, but we have no opera singers because we're simply playing his overtures, and he was rightly famous for those. Thank you. 
that was the overture to Elisabetta Regina d'Angleterra. I might as well just switch to the English when I can. Elizabeth, Queen of England. It was premiered in 1815 in Naples, written by Giacchino Rossini, the composer that we're focusing on today. And if it sounded familiar to you, it may not only be the cartoon with Bugs Bunny using it, but it's one of opera's most famous overtures, and it's often used in many different settings, whether it's for advertisements or entertainments. Interestingly, it's most famous. Most people would say, oh, that's the overture to Barber of Seville, if it's a familiar tune. And that's true, because Rossini himself wrote in a letter to his friend that he had a very easy time coming up with an overture for the Barber of Seville. He said, I didn't even compose an overture for it. I simply selected one which had been written for an earlier opera called Elisabetta. The public was none the wiser and completely satisfied. True enough in that day because opera was incredibly popular in Italy during the period when Rossini is writing in the early 19th century but it wasn't recorded, it wasn't available on Spotify or on CDs or on the radio. And so many composers, Rossini included, would reuse parts of their operas that they found that they were very satisfied with. He used it, actually, (laughs) actually this particular piece, Elisabetta was not the first opera for which it was an overture. There were two prior operas for which it was the overture, Aureliano and Permira and L'Equivocato Stravaganta. So Elisabetta is the third opera which uses this overture, and the fourth is the one we usually attach to it, Barber of Seville. So from here on out, I'm going to go mostly in chronological order, picking and choosing some of the great overtures that uh, the master Rossini wrote. And I think we're going to skip backwards from our little teaser, which was 1815. We're just going to go back a tiny bit to 1813, and we're going to listen to Tancredi, which was more of a melodrama, not such a a comic piece. And Rossini wrote both sorts of operas, the more serious dramatic ones, as well as the comic pieces, Opera Buffa. At this point, I'd like to just interject that the music that's playing underneath here is is also one of Rossini's overtures. This is the overture to Il Signor Bruschino, and that premiered in 1813 Venice. Now back to Tancredi. Tancredi is his first great serious opera. It was based on a play by Voltaire, which Voltaire wrote in 1760. And it's set in the 11th century at the time of the Crusades. In this particular opera, the hero Tancredi is a strong man, but he's also a wrong man. He believes his his beloved has been unfaithful to him, and and he is not kind to her. So let's listen to the overture to Tancredi, which premiered in Venice in 1813.
wow, you listen to that and you don't have a sense that anything bad's going to happen in this dramatic piece. So now might be a good time to just mention the role of the overture in Rossini's operas. With the exception of William Tell, his final opera, which we will get to at the end, the overtures really didn't have much to do with the opera that was about to be presented. It was more of a way to tell the audience that the show's about to begin. Get excited, you're going to have a good time, pay attention. And I don't know about you, but that last one sure got my heart beating. It's, it's an exquisite way to start an evening and know that you're in the hands of a masterly composer who can really make you feel things. Without knowing the story, you really find yourself being excited by that. And in fact, one of the points to be made about Rossini's overtures is he did not start the composing with this first piece of music. It was typically the very last thing that he wrote and more often than not, just as it was ready to premiere. It was it was a final mad dash to be ready for opening day that was predetermined, and he had to meet that deadline. One of the things that Rossini was very good at was producing his operas on deadline and pleasing the public with the results of his work. So let's turn now to our next piece, which is the overture to L'Italiana in Algérie the Italian girl in Algiers. We're going to, some of it's playing underneath right now, we're going to listen to the rest of it. This piece was a drama giacoso, a drama with jokes. It's not quite opera buffa, but it's a lot of fun. L'Italiana in Algérie and Tancredi, the drama and the, the lighter piece, are the two operas that really catapult Rossini to national and international fame. Bear in mind, here we are, many operas in, and, and there are operas that I haven't mentioned as well. And when this particular piece was written, Rossini was only 21 years old. He began writing operas at age 18. He continued to age 37, and this one was written at age 21. He wrote a total of 35 operas. It's an impressive amount of output, though people always note he does reuse some of his some of his great work that's okay it's great please enjoy Thank you. 
You're listening to a special edition of Opera for Everyone, where we focus on the overtures of Giacchino Rossini. And that was the overture from L'Italiana in Algeria, the Italian girl in Algiers. Continuing on chronologically with our selections, next would fall the overture from Elisabetta, Queen of England. We've already heard that. It sounds a lot like, oh, well, exactly like the overture to Barber of Seville. We'll just remind ourselves with a little snippet from the overture of Barber of Seville, which was first produced in 1816 in Rome. And we can take a moment just to remember that Rossini himself loved this overture so much, and he was confident that people wouldn't hear it because they didn't tend to travel, that he used it for four of his operas. Today it's known primarily for being the overture to Barber of Seville. Listening to a special edition of Opera for Everyone, and that was a small portion of the overture to Barber of Seville, since we'd listened to its precursor, 
Elisabetta, the Queen of England. At the top of the hour, we just gave you a little taste of that. And if you want to know more about the Barber of Seville, you should check out our podcast, Opera for Everyone. Episode 56 is The Barber of Seville. You get the whole story and several selections throughout the opera. Many would argue that Barber of Seville is the premier opera buffa ever. Next up, we have some of the overture, because it's quite long, from La Cenerentola. La Cenerentola, Cinderella, is also available on our podcast, Opera for Everyone. is episode 50, and it's a delightful take on the Cinderella story. Not necessarily the story you might know from popular movies. Well, I just recommend you go back and listen to our podcast, episode 50. I think you'll enjoy the twists and the turns and the unexpected way the story is told. Now let's hear a little bit of the overture to La Cenerentola by Rossini. Welcome back to this special edition of Opera for Everyone. That was part of the overture to La Cenerentola by Rossini. 
And you can just imagine things happening on the stage when you're hearing that, can't you? I think, I think the directors have a lot of fun with these overtures. I've, I've seen different productions of different Rossini operas where the music doesn't require anything, but they really can use it to set the scene and, and bring you into the opera, not just play the music to get you ready, but oftentimes there are visuals that go along with it, and it's a lot of fun. So our next opera that we're going to talk about is also from the same year, 1817. This was first produced in Milan as opposed to La Cenerentola, which premiered in Rome. This opera that we're going to play the next overture from is La Gaza Ladra, The Thieving Magpie. And it's an example of one of these operas that honestly you don't see very often being produced. But this overture has a life separate from the opera. In fact, this overture was featured in A Clockwork Orange, 1971, and also Once Upon a Time in America in 1984. I found a wonderful quote from Rossini who had written to a fellow composer talking about preparing this very overture. And it refers to that process that I mentioned earlier where these overtures were the very last thing he wrote and often just barely to deadline. And he, he tells this composer, wait until the evening before opening night. Nothing primes inspiration more than necessity. <laughs> Whether it be the presence of a copyist waiting for your work or the prodding of an impresario tearing at his hair. I wrote the overture to La Gaza Ladra the day of the opening itself in the theater where I was imprisoned by the director under the direct surveillance of the stagehands. They were instructed to throw my original text through the open window, page by page, to the copyists waiting down below. If I did not compose quickly enough, the stagehands were instructed to throw me out the window instead. And he also notes, I did a little better with the Barber of Seville. And that's, of course, the one where he, he simply lifted from his prior work. So now this wonderful overture from La Gaza Ladra, The Thieving Magpie, a melodramatic opera.
my goodness, what a piece of music. I'll tell you what, those those percussionists really earned their keep with that one. The whole orchestra was at full tilt. I don't know how you go on to play the rest of the opera after that. I also noticed listening to it, I, I know I've never seen a production of La Gaza Ladra, and I didn't actually think I even knew this overture, but listening to it, it's incredibly familiar. I don't have any references, but I'm pretty sure I've heard that in the background of certain commercials. Anyway, that was magnificent. Well, at this point, if I had more time, I would play the quite lengthy overture to Semiramide. But I'm afraid our time doesn't permit, so I'll just point you towards episode 31 of Opera for Everyone, where we treat the entire opera. I want to turn now, however, to the final years of opera composing that Rossini had, and that was in Paris. He had great success in Paris. He arrived as a great international superstar. He was feted. He was given the directorship of Théâtre Italien, where the Italian language operas would play. Also, very significantly, he wasn't just an Italian language composer in Paris. He played the Paris Opéra, the, the, uh, the major opera house in Paris, and had great success there. Our next overture is from the Siege of Corinth, Rossini's first French-language opera. It's a reworking of one of his earlier Italian-language operas, and it commemorates the siege and ultimate destruction of the town of Missolonghi during the Greek War of Independence in the early 19th century. This same event is commemorated in numerous works of art. Let's hear a bit of this overture, which, like so many others, has a life of its own in the concert halls, apart from being the start of the opera, The Siege of Corinth.
now some of the overture from Le Con Henri. It was Rossini's only French language opera buffa and a big success at the Paris Opera House. It's also an opera that we'll be presenting in full in one of the Opera for Everyone shows coming up soon. That was the overture from Le Comte Ori, Rossini's penultimate second-to-last opera, which premiered in Paris in 1828. And now we come to our final Rossini overture in this special edition of Opera for Everyone. And it's arguably the most famous of all the Rossini overtures. It certainly has a, a huge life apart from the opera, but the opera itself is more frequently in repertoire than many of Rossini's operas. I'm speaking about William Tell, and this is the William Tell Overture coming up. William Tell is a French-language opera which premiered in Paris in 1829. It's based on a Friedrich Schiller story, which is in fact based on an old legend, the legend of William Tell. And I mentioned that this was Rossini's final opera, 1829, But Rossini lived many more years. He did not die until 1868. Most of those years were lived out in France. There was a 10-year period after this when he composed nothing whatsoever. Later in Paris, in the end years of his life, Rossini hosted samedi soir salons on Saturday nights with his wife and invited all sorts of artistic figures. And he would compose small pieces for that, but he never composed another opera. And... 
Some have called him lazy, he'd earned enough money, he certainly was a huge, huge superstar. But it's believed to be more likely that he suffered from a great deal of ill health, physical and mental, which was debilitating at times. So we celebrate his success, and we're so grateful for the 35 operas he did compose and all of his excellent contributions to bel canto and to the world of opera. Many people will recall this song and think only of the Lone Ranger. It's hard for me not to see a horse galloping away when I hear this, when I hear this piece of music. It is another one of those driving, strong overtures from Rossini. It also appears in A Clockwork Orange, but I think you should just imagine yourself in the theater, getting ready to see an opera. Even if you've never done that in your life, just imagine it and have fun with this opera. It is high energy and a masterpiece.
Thanks for listening to this special episode of Opera for Everyone. I've been your host, Pat Wright. If you've enjoyed this show, please join us for our other special one-hour presentations coming up. And don't forget, you can listen to us every Sunday morning on 89.1 KHOL, 9 to 11 Mountain Time. Or you can catch us on our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. Our mission is to make opera understandable, accessible, and enjoyable, because we believe opera is for everyone. (laughs) 